you want to share Jesus? This- okay. I realized that my microphone's not been loud enough for being online. I don't know why. It just hasn't been. So we're going to try to make sure of that. What, right here? Yeah. Turn this up, please. Thank you. Testing, testing. Is that louder? Can you make sure? Okay, I'll keep talking. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I think God's blessed me with that ability. <clears throat> A blessing for me, not necessarily for everybody else. But that being said, let us now turn to the book of First Peter. Okay. The book of First Peter, second chapter. First Peter chapter 2. Turning to chapter uh, 2, verses 13 through 17. I hope you can all hear me pretty good. Can you all hear me pretty good? I hope so. First Peter chapter 2, verse 13 through 17. If we could please stand on the reading of his word. If you can. I know if you can't, it's okay. I say it every time. And I do that because I don't want you to feel bad if you can't. It says this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. It says, Submit yourselves to every human authority for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or to the governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and to praise those who do right. For it is the will of God that by doing right you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free people, do not use your liberty as a covering for evil, but live as servants of God. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. God bless and honor the reading of his word. And by that, you may be seated. Dear precious Heavenly Father, right now we just pray that we will open up our hearts to receive your word. We pray that your word be preached today, not my words, Lord, but yours. We pray that we will hear it. We pray that we will receive it. We pray right now, Lord God, that whatever it is that you want to have said today, be said. And we pray, Lord, that whatever you want to have heard will be heard. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. This is the time of year, time of season. When we start to praise the Lord God, which we do all year long, of course, but we praise God for the King of Kings being born. We praise God for the King of Kings. And we know there are many kings and authorities and rulers of this world, but we know there's only one King of Kings. And no matter how many kings there are upon this earth, there's only one King above all those, and that is King Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And we know that. There is a lot of false authorities in play. And they may have authorities, and by the way, God allows that. But we may say, why? Well, first of all, God allows it because he allows his will to be done, though we may not understand why. You have to remember why, because sin came into this world. And Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, came into this world to put things right. That doesn't mean it's all in right right now. It means that God is still putting things correctly until Christ comes and puts everything right in his time. We have to remember that. But that doesn't mean that God is not in control. 
That doesn't mean that God is not the ruler. That doesn't mean that things are not correct. It just means that we don't understand it. It just means that God, the ruler, doesn't have it all in place yet. It doesn't mean that we can't uh, uh, be worshiping the Lord God just because we don't understand everything. Amen? Amen. We need to remember that. Yes, I know. I know that sometimes things happen that we can't understand. I know that sometimes we see people who get put in authority. Sometimes it seems like false authority, and sometimes it is. We've seen it happen through all the years. Things may seem like it's going on right now, even in this country. Things may seem like it's going right now that we don't understand. We see a lot of people that are going around with lying and cheating and forceful dishonor. And it sounds a tad familiar to us, right? Sounds a tad familiar to us. We understand this. How could this be and why? Well, folks, it's not the first time. It's not the first time this has happened. Not, not in America, not, not just the, in the whole world. We see it all throughout the Bible, all throughout history. Maybe we've heard about things in the 30s and 40s. We've seen throughout Germany and other places People who've taken over, all throughout the Bible, people who took over and did things that were incorrect. Maybe you've heard of someone called Satan who brought lies and cheating and sin into the world because people allowed it and it happens. And we act like this is all a brand new thing. And I don't understand, God, why, why, why are these things happening? Maybe there's some people who are happy it's happening. Well, let me just tell you something. We need to quit looking at the people who are put in offices as if they're the authority. The authority is not them. The authority is not people who get voted in. The authority is the one who allows it. The authority is the Lord God. He's the ruler. The ruler is the Lord God. By the way, that's the title of today's sermon, The Ruler. And the ruler is not Satan, incidentally. He may be the ruler of this world, but he's not the ruler, the capital R ruler. He's the idiot that runs around the little slithering fool in this world. But let me tell you something. Someday that little slithering idiot's going to have a great big foot of the ruler come down upon him. Boom! And he's going to be gone. So don't you worry about that. Right now, we're going to worry about the ruler, who is the Lord God. Amen? Just worry about that. The ruler of our life is to be the Lord God. That being said, God allows people to be put in places, and we need to respect that. We need to remember that. Remember, no matter who is in charge, God allows it. We don't have to understand why, but God allows it, and we need to obey the authority that God puts in play. Not because we have to agree with it. You don't have to agree with it. You don't. Now, I didn't understand this as a teenager. I didn't necessarily like all the people who were put in play in my life. Not all just presidents. I'm not going to name them. <laughs> but I'm going to say that there were different presidents I didn't always agree with. Uh, people with blue dresses who visited. And I'm always going to say I agreed with different people who were always in offices. I didn't always agree with people who were my bosses. I didn't always agree with people that I knew who were above me in authorities. I didn't always agree with them. And by the way, that doesn't mean I was always right either. Believe it or not, I'm not always right. Yeah, I know that's a shock. I know it's a shock. But here's the thing. We're not always right. The authority can sometimes be right. That's right. That's right, people. Even if you didn't like the one who is president, by the way, who is president, you may not like him. He's still the president that God put in play. And by the way, the guy who is not president-elect, he's not. Not until he's voted in there. He's not president-elect. If God allows him to be put in as president, he will be the president, no matter what you say. He will be if God allows that, and that's how that goes. And you have to remember that. God allows that. Whoever is your boss, you may not like him or her, but you have to respect the position God put them in. You children at home, if you're watching, you may not like what your mom and daddy says, 
but they're they are your mommy and daddy and you have to respect them and their authority over you and you have to obey that's biblical you may not like your teachers but you have to respect them and obey them because god put that above you you have to respect it you have to obey it that is the way it is you don't have to agree and it doesn't make them right but you have to respect it you have to go with it not because you're obeying them and not because they are right but because god is Amen? Amen. Now, there's a caveat to this. In other words, you need to understand, this doesn't mean you obey them if they're disobeying God. If they're telling you to go against God, that's a whole different thing. But, but we'll get to that here a little bit. Let's now turn to Romans chapter 13. Romans 13, verses 1 through 7 says this. Verses 1 through 7 of verse, chapter 13 of Romans. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil works. Do you wish to have no fear of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from him, for he is the servant of God for your good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger to execute wrath upon him who practices evil. So it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For this reason, you also pay taxes, for they are God's servants devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all what is due them, taxes to whom taxes are due, respect to whom respect is due, fear to whom fear is due, and honor to whom honor is due. Amen. Amen. Now, I say this to you. This, again, doesn't mean they're always right. So are they always in God's will? People may ask, does this mean the people in authority are always following God? That they are always worshiping God because God put them in play? God put them in that place? Does this mean that they are always God's people? No. This doesn't mean that they even necessarily believe in the Lord God, even if they claim it. It doesn't necessarily mean that they know what they're talking about. But it does mean that God put them in charge for whatever purpose. For whatever purpose, God has placed them there. And we know that we're going to follow the Lord God. Not because we're going to agree with everybody. I don't always agree with everybody. But we, I do know that I agree with God. And I'm going to follow God. I'm going to do what he tells me. We can't always change the things around us, but we can change how we behave. We can't change what's going on always, but we can change our attitude. We can't change what's going on always, but we can change how we're going to handle it. We can't change what's going on in the White House, but we can change what's going on in the church house. We can't always change what's going on in the White House and the Capitol, but we can change what's going on in our house and the capital of our minds. Amen. Amen. We can change how we behave and serve the Lord God. Capital of our heart. That's what we have to do. Folks, I don't always like what's going on. 
There's times that I fuss and grumble. And as I said last week, I forgot I hadn't taken them home. There's times that I become grumpy. There's times that I, I fuss and I act a little jerky. I ain't going to lie about it. You should hear me fussing about the things that I see on, on the news. I'm not always that happy with things I hear politically. But then I just have to shut up and go along with it. Not because I agree. And by the way, when I say go along with it, that doesn't mean I agree with them. And that doesn't mean I say, well, you know, throw your hands up and go along with the flow. You got to go with the flow. No, you don't. You go against the grain and agree with the word of God and go with the word of God. We're to be different than the world. But that does mean you go with God and continue to stand strong in his word. Continue to stand strong with him and in the Holy Spirit. In the Holy Spirit and not the spirit of the world. That's what that means in love and compassion. That's not always easy. You don't want to be in the way of the world and be kicking and fussing. You can complain. There's nothing wrong with that. But listen, listen now. Make sure that your spirit is not your spirit, but the Holy Spirit. This is what it says here in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. Therefore, I exhort first of all that you make uh, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings for everyone, for kings, and for all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all goodness, excuse me, all godliness and honesty, and all godliness and honesty, who desires all men. I'm going to say this again. I'm going to start over here. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that you make supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving for everyone, for everyone, for kings, and for all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. How do we lead them? By kicking up dust. We don't. We have to lead them by the love of Jesus Christ. That's how we have to do it. <laughs> and again, that doesn't mean you can't speak the truth, but you have to do it in love. You have to do it by the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says in Titus 3, 1 through 2, remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey them, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, not to be uh, contentious, but gentle, showing all humility toward everyone, toward everyone. Again, this does not mean you have to agree. You don't have to agree with the ways of the world, because I don't, and I won't ever agree with the ways of the world. I don't agree with killing children. Nope, won't ever, ever. That's ungodly. I won't agree with ways that are un-American. I won't. I won't. I'm not a communist. I'm not. I don't care who the vice president is. I'm not. I'm not ever going to agree with that. Uh, I don't agree with those things, but I will tell you this. I am a man of God. I'm a man of Jesus Christ. I love those people. I don't love their ways, but I love the people. I would lay my life down for, I don't have to because of Jesus Christ, I already did. But I love them, and I want to reach out to them right now and say to them, I love you. I love you, despite the fact that a lot of your ways are, are a little off your nut, but I love you. And I would love to sit down and talk with you. I really would. I really would. First Corinthians 1, 27 through 29 says this. 
And sometimes it's hard for us to understand this. We say, well, I don't understand. It's hard to understand sometimes why God allows these things to happen. It's really hard to understand. And it is. Why does God allow things to happen that we don't get? Because we're not God. That's why. We're not God. We don't have his mind. We, we can't understand why God allows things to happen. But listen to what it says. It says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 27 through 29, it says, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And by the way, I'm not saying this is what happened, but sometimes God does allow this. He says, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And God has chosen the base things of the world and things which are despised. Yes, and he chose things which do not exist to bring to nothing things that do, so that no flesh should boast in his presence. In other words, God allows things that confuse people. God allows things that just should not be, we think, because God is in control, not us. God is in control. We think things should be a certain way, and God says, oh, hold on. You may not understand, but I understand. Sometimes God has to allow people to have their way. Look at Israel. How many times did Israel get their way because that's what they wanted? It's not that that was God's way. Do you really think it was God's way for them to be taken to Babylon? Do you really think it was God's way for them to be split up and all those things? No. no. Then why did it happen? Because they would have no other way. That is why. That is why. It's as if God almost had to sing that wonderful Nat King Cole song that I love so much. Straighten up and fly right. Cool down, Israel, don't you blow your top. And he kept singing it, and they would not listen, so they blew their top. They had to be taken to Babylon for 75 years, in, or 70 years, and go through all the things they went to. So finally they said, okay, Lord, okay, we're listening now. And that's the kind of thing that they had to go through. Maybe that's the kind of thing that America has to go through, too. Maybe it's the kind of thing that America has been having to go through because they will not, will not straighten up and fly right. But that's not fair to the rest of us. Well, guess what, folks? Do you think that every single one of God's children was being disobedient? No. What about Jeremiah? What about Isaiah? What about all those people who wrote in this word, who was truthful? Did they sit there and suck their thumb and quit serving God? No. They continued to serve no matter what. And through that time, we see that something else happened. You have to understand, in between the Old and New Testament, we talked about this before, there are 400 years, 400 years of history. History, right then and there. And in that time, we see that something happened. There was a man who was made as king. One, this one of the many things that happened. There was a man who was made king by the name of Herod. Herod the Great. He was not a great man. He was not a great man at all. Why was he called great then? Well, because he built a lot of things into Israel. A lot of great buildings and things were built. So that's why he's known as great, because he did a lot of great, quote, unquote, I can't do that with this hand. I can't feel it all the way. A lot of great things that he did. So therefore, he's known as Herod the Great. And then he has some sons named Herod. And so therefore, I guess to, you know, let you know the difference between him and his sons, they call him Herod the Great. So we have Herod the Great, and he did a lot of things, but he was a wretch, a real wretch. And that's my way of saying a jerk. But he really was. He was not a good man. And uh, the fact is, is he was known as king of the Jews. But here's the thing. He was not really even a king. And he was not even really Jewish. Not really. Not in the eyes of the, of the Jewish people. Not by their law. He was not king. He was not Jewish. He was not even legitimate. But 
why and how did he become Jewish and, and, and king and all these things? Well, let's, let's talk about this. Uh, by the Roman Empire, which ruled everything at the time, the Roman Empire did, uh, it was being run by Mark Anthony. You've heard of Mark Anthony, I'm sure. You, you, you've heard of all this. You've heard of Cleopatra. You've heard of all this, Mark Anthony, and you know about all that. Well, Mark Anthony was in charge of Rome. And at this time, the uh, Parthians had come in and taken over Jerusalem at the time. And so the Parthians came over, and Herod, who at the time was a, a big guy at the time in Jerusalem, he left. And he was scared. So he left and lived in Rome for a while. And he won over uh, Anthony's trust and favor. He became buddies with him, you could say. And Mark Anthony gave Herod a brand new title. And so what he said, he said, you're going to be king of the Jews. And that's what he said. He said, you're going to be king of the Jews. Here's the problem. Um, Herod was only half Jewish. He was also Idumean. And an Idumean is a descendant of the Edomites. And you might say, what's an Edomite? Well, Edom uh, was Esau. E Edom means red. And that's Esau, okay? So who is Esau? Well, you remember him. He was cousin of Jacob. Jacob was the original was Israel. Okay, so therefore, they're the long-lost cousins, if you will, of the Israelites. So the uh, Edomites, uh, Edomians, I should say, the Edomians here are long, 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 long lost cousins of the Israelites. And by Jewish law, they had no claim, no legal claim to being king, not at all. Not only that, he didn't claim to be Jewish. He claimed to be an Edomian. So therefore, he had no claim to be king whatsoever, or excuse me, to be uh, the king, yes, whatsoever at all. He was born in Jericho. He was not committed to the law of God whatsoever. He was not committed to the law of God at all. He did not follow God. He followed the Edomian uh, religions and things. He didn't love the Lord God whatsoever. He did not follow God whatsoever. His uh, family line had no legitimate claim to the throne, so he was not really the king. In fact, in fact, when he came back, because uh, he was allowed to come back from Rome, from Mark Anthony, they drove the Parthians out of Jerusalem. He entered into Jerusalem as king, but in reality, he wasn't really even a king at all. He was more like a governor. It would be like me coming in here and saying, I'm a barbarian, but in reality, I'm pastor, okay? So therefore, it would make no sense to call me barbarian. Barbarian Kuntz? No, 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 I'm pastor, pastor Kuntz. But you can call me barbarian if you want. No, 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 that'd be stupid. In reality, he was a governor, but they called him king. That's what they did for a long, long time. And when he became king, he had a lot of people that were against him. The Jewish people and religious leaders were against him because he's Edomian. He had no right to be king. Also, the people of nobility were against him. So what did he do? He killed tons of people. He killed over 45 wealthy people and stole all their property. That's what he did. Not to mention, he had a whole bunch of children because he had 10 different wives, some who were Israelites because he wanted to be legitimate, even though he wasn't. And so, therefore, what he would do, he would have all these families, but then he was scared that the kids and family was going to st steal his stuff. So what did he do? He would have them killed. Even his quote-unquote favorite wife, he killed her because he was afraid of what she would do. Isn't that a, a wonderful gift? Happy Valentine's Day. I'm going to kill you. Isn't that wonderful? That's, that's a whole other Hallmark card all on its own. You know, happy, hey, I love you. Now, this says I love you like a stab in the back. But either way, either way, this is the way that Herod was. So by the time we get to Herod in the Bible, he was so paranoid, he thought that everybody was going to kill him. So when he heard that there was a king of the Jews coming into play, talking even though it was a baby, he was so paranoid of everybody 
He was ready to kill anyone and everyone. He was ready to kill that child. And we may ask the question, then why did God allow him to be in there? Because God knew. God knew his plan. God knew his plan. Talking about God's plan. We may say, but he allowed people to die. Folks, we don't know the whole story, what those people have done or were doing. We just know we are in a sinful world. And death will come. Death will come to each and every one of us. But we also know this, that even though we don't know the plan, God does. And God is still the ruler of all things. And if we follow the Lord God, we're going to be okay. Amen? And I don't care in the long run. Now, don't get me wrong. I vote. I stay with it. I stay What's what's going on. But folks, in the end, no matter who's in the office, whether it be a donkey, whether it be an elephant, whether it be a rhino, whether it be a whatever it is, I'm going to tell you the truth. I am always going to have my ruler be the Lord God, Jesus Christ. It's going to be the dove. Yes, it is. It's going to be the lamb. That's what it's going to be. That's going to be my ruler. Always. We need to continue to follow him, not them. That's what we need to do. We need to be at peace. It continues to be that. You see, there are many prophetic people at the time. Whenever Herod was in office, if you want to call it that, he was so scared. He had so many people killed. He became a madman, an absolute madman. The throne was not legitimately his. So to keep it from the king of kings, he did everything he could and tried to have the king of kings killed. But it didn't work out, even though he thought he had. It didn't work out, did it? No. Because you can't keep God's plan down. You can't. God's plan came to be just like he had had it ready to do. You can't stop God. You're not going to stop God, folks. can't do it. You see, there were many, many scriptures in the Bible that spoke about it. In fact, in Micah, they spoke about Bethlehem. This is how his you know, star readers, if you will, they spoke to him about Bethlehem. That's how they knew where to send the wise men. They also said in Isaiah chapter 9, 67, about a ruler, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and to establish it with justice and with righteousness from now until forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And we're speaking of Jesus because Jesus is the ruler. Jesus is in charge. Even when it doesn't seem like it, even when it seems like everything else is coming into play, God is still in charge. I don't understand, Pastor. You know, Jesus is in charge. How come all these other things get our minds away from those things and put your mind back on the Lord? You don't have to understand, but you have to have faith that Jesus is in charge. You have to have faith. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. Amen. Jesus respected the role of authority. He knew that God allowed it. In fact, he even said, when he was questioned about paying taxes, which we ought to do, we need to do, we have to do. He said this in Matthew 22, 15 through 22. He said, when the Pharisees went and took counsel to entangle him in his words, and they tried, but they failed. They said this, they sent their disciples to him, 
with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are truthful, that you are truthful and teach the way of God truthfully, and are swayed by no one. For you do not regard a person of men. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Now he wasn't dumb, he knew exactly what they were doing. But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money and brought him denarius or denarius some say he said to them whose is the image of in, uh, uh, image and in inscription they said to him caesar's and he said to them render therefore to caesar the things that are caesar's and to god the things that are god's when they heard these words they were amazed and left him and went on their way and i tell you this god does allow what he's going to allow there are people here in charge now on this earth that doesn't mean that they are the ruler. How many people, Caesar included, who seem to be in charge forever? How many times people say, oh, king, for, live forever. Those kings didn't live forever. King Caesar didn't live forever. King David didn't live forever. King whoever didn't live forever. The king of rock and roll, quote unquote, didn't live forever. Those people, heard your mama? They didn't live forever. Let me just tell you this. The king of kings does. There's only one who rose from the dead. There's only one who ascended into heaven will come again. There's only one who truly rules and rules in our hearts if we allow it. There's only one who's truly in charge. And the question is, are you allowing him to rule you today? That's the question. 1 Timothy 6, 10 through 15 says this, and I say this to you because we just talked about money and a lot of people are allowing our things to rule us. We're worried so much of what's going to happen. I do understand that. I really do. But we can't let that rule us. Listen to what it says here. For the love of money is a root of all evil. While coveting after money, some have strayed from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, escape these things and follow after righteousness godliness faith love patience and gentleness fight the good fight of faith lay hold on eternal life to which you are called and have professed a good profession before many witnesses i command you in the sight of god who gives life to all things and in the sight of christ jesus who testify a good confession before Pontius Pilate, to keep his commandment without blemish, blameless until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he who is blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, will reveal at the proper time. So the question I have for you today is this. No matter what is occurring, no matter who God allows to be in charge here in America, Across the ocean, in your job, in your home, in your family, at your school, where else? Who is in charge in your heart? Who is the ruler in you? Is it your habits? And I understand, I've done it. But is the habits controlling you? Is it your appetites? 
Is it your work? Is it the holiday? Is it traditions? Or is it God? Is it your emotion? Is it lust? Is it fear? Or is it God? Because folks, all of us have had it. All of us have gone through these different roller coasters. But every single day, we need to hand it over to the Lord God. We need to make sure that our ruler is not ourselves. Oh, but I have my own life. I can do anything I want to do. Doesn't mean you should. I can do anything I want. Doesn't mean I need to. Definitely doesn't mean I should. I could go out right now and run across the highway. Doesn't mean I'm going to make it back. It certainly doesn't mean I ought to do that. (laughs) You have to use common sense wisdom. You should definitely use the Holy Spirit. And if right now you're not really sure what I'm talking about, because right now you're not even sure if you know Jesus Christ, if everything I'm saying to you seems like a foreign language, maybe you don't have Jesus Christ in your heart. Maybe right now the ruler in your heart is not Christ. Maybe you haven't said that prayer of salvation. Maybe I believe in God you're thinking, so you think that you have Jesus. No. Believing in God isn't the same as having God. And I want you to know that today. I want you to say a prayer with me here in a moment. I'm going to pray. Now, anyone else here who already knows Jesus Christ, that's wonderful. And today, though, we can make him the ruler of our life because having him as our savior is tremendous. But sometimes, even as we walk with Jesus Christ, we don't mean to, but sometimes we put other things before him. I've done it many times by accident, completely by accident, allowing other habits and other things to get in the way. And it's a complete accident. You may even think to yourself, Pastor, I don't know how you do. It happens. In fact, to be honest, and I'm not blaming anyone here, I'm not even accusing anyone, but I think we've all done it at some point, if we're honest with ourselves. Not even meaning to. Maybe we put our family before. Maybe we put, well, I have to get this for Christmas. I have to do that. It happens. Maybe our emotions. Maybe we're so lonely, we're willing to do almost anything, and then suddenly we don't even realize. I haven't prayed in two weeks, we might say. I I have, okay. But I'm just telling you, we may not even realize that suddenly our ruler we call the Lord Jesus and we haven't even spent time with him. And how can he be our ruler if he's fifth, eighth, hundredth in place? He's not. He's not our ruler. So let us pray unto him today and make sure that God is always, always first in our life and first constant. And the last thing I'm going to read to you is this. Colossians 2.10. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. And I'm going to say that one more time because it's true. No matter who is in office, no matter who is king in a nation, no matter who is a general, no matter who does what, listen to what it says here, Colossians 2.10. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Amen. Amen. Let us now bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, Lord God, Lord, I pray to you right now. I pray, Lord God, that we place you where you belong. I pray that we place you number one within our lives. I pray that we place you number one in our hearts. I pray in our souls you come first. And Lord Jesus Christ, I pray 
right now. For those of you out there who are serving the Lord Jesus Christ, who perhaps have accidentally placed things before him, and, and I know that I have done it at times, I pray right now that we will place him number one in our lives as ruler of our life, constant, no matter what occurs around us. So, Lord, I pray that you will help show us through the Holy Spirit the things that we need to place in order, always placing you first. I pray for this, Lord God. I think we already know, but Lord, I pray that you will help us. I pray that you will show us. I pray that you will make it clear in our hearts and our minds and our souls. Lord, if there be anyone out there today who does not know you, who's not for certain of their salvation, I pray this day that you will make it clear to them. I pray, Lord, they will not allow pride to stand in their way. I pray, Lord, they will call out. Lord, I pray if they don't know who to talk to, that they'll know to call me. I pray that they'll look up and see my number, Lord, if that's what it takes. But I pray that they will pray with me right now. Lord God, Jesus, save me from my sins. Lord God, save my soul. I know I've been wrong. I know I have sinned. I know I deserve to suffer and go to hell. But I pray that you will save me from all that I have done. And remember, as you pray this prayer, it's not the words you pray. It's the things that you say, but what you say with your heart. And I pray right now, Lord God, that you will just save my soul for him. And if you have said that prayer, you are now a part of the family of God. And Lord, I pray that you will just take us throughout this day and throughout this week. And your will be done. Jesus, holy and precious name. Amen. 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 Just stand with me, please, and open your hymnals to number 275. 